Good evening and welcome to El Oso Fumar Takes. This is our 177th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Euless, Texas. I'm your host, Barry Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show, a wonderful show, a fourth times a charm type of charm. And I am pleased to please to have this show and bring this to you for a fourth year in a row. It is absolutely one of my favorites. But before we get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that make this show possible. And that, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by Drew Estate. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Drew Estate and the rebirth of Cigars Movement. To celebrate this momentous occasion, the company is inviting you, yes, you, the consumer, retailer, and cigar media alike, to its epic blowout birthday bash entitled DE25. D25 will be held on September 25th at South Fork Ranch in Parker, Texas. Yep, that's not too far from where I'm sitting right now. In the Dallas-Fort Worth metropolitan area, the D25 celebration will include the unveiling of Drew Estate's newest brands with a first-to-experience approach for consumers and trade partners alike. Buy your tickets today at DrewEstate.com slash DE25. That's DrewEstate.com slash DE25. And welcome, everyone. This is our 177th take so pleased to welcome back for our fourth visit down a tasting bud lane. Yes, Mr. Klaus Kellner of Kellner Tobacco. Klaus, how are we doing tonight? Thank you for having me, Bear. I love how you said uh, lane of taste buds. You know, it's, it's, we're one of the few people that talk in those terms about tasting buds, palate, and it's a pleasure to be back again. Every time July, actually, I think, we're still in July, so we we are doing it every year, fourth fourth time in a row, and I'm excited. I remember you you wrote to me last month, and you're like, "Are we gonna do it?" And I'm, of course, how would I miss it's it? That, you know, it's that these time one of those year. rituals. It's that time of year, but this is a ritual now. It's 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 it cannot be missed. So I'm very very happy to be back. Oh, I'm 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 pleased that you're back as well. And this is this is a this is a fun exercise that we've this this will be our fourth one of doing it and we've we've kind of taken a different approach uh each and every time the first time we did it it was it, we were celebrating Davidoff's 50th anniversary um you know and then we we took a trip down uh, you know three different three different three different avenues we went through the elements series mm-hmm. and then last year we had a little bit of fun you know with uh, Winston Churchill's birthday and we smoked a couple mm-hmm. of Churchill's uh the late hour and of course the Winston Churchill uh, the original release and then uh this year I'm I'm really excited about uh, Jay's already asking about what we're smoking tonight uh, I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing tonight because this one this cigar uh really hit um, hit the market with a, f- I mean, I mean, your, your limited editions or Davidoff's limited editions are always like, are always something that are really highly coveted, obviously. Uh, but there was, there was some fire behind this one and that we're smoking the, the Dominicana tonight. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. Yep. I mean, the Dominicana is something I'm very excited as well. And it's impressive. I mean, you can tell the audience how hard it was to get you on. <laughs> uh, it was it was insanely hard. So, um, you know, we decided that we were going to do this, and um, you know, and Davidoff was was kind enough to to dig up some and, and get me some. But uh, it was uh, it was not without trial and tribulation. Uh, uh, my my local white label account uh, and a couple of other white labels in the area uh, had sold out of theirs. 
uh, I looked for I looked for a few other uh, places. I had put into some calls to some Davidoff collectors that I know, um, and uh, yeah, I was I was I was striking out big time. Uh, and and luckily, uh, luckily our friends at, our friends at Davidoff were able to to dig up some and and send some my way. So I'm 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 super excited. Uh, they came Not in time. There. And and the thing is, when we checked the inventory at Davidoff USA, there was not left at that moment. Oh gosh! So so we actually had to steal some cigars from somebody's humidor oh. in the office. So and we will replace them, but they had to give up their cigars for for a couple extra weeks until the next shipment arrives. So we went above and beyond to see if we could get you these cigars. But it's been oh. a tremendous success, you know. It's uh, the Davidoff Dominicana. Uh, it's, as you said, it's a it's a limited, uh, let's call it release. It's not really a limited edition because it's not being treated as one. Um, it's actually almost like a limited release line. It's in a full line that comes in three shapes: in a short mm-hmm. robusto, a robusto, which is the one we're enjoying tonight, and then also a toro. And uh, the idea is it's going to last. Uh, more or less two years, but in total for the three shapes, it, it, they made three hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I mean, when you, if you know Davidoff limited editions that hit the market, it's normally about sixty thousand, eighty thousand when it's a lot. Uh, global, globally, and I mean you can do the math. Uh, three fifty is more along the lines of of that for two years. But it's been a tremendous hit and they're flying off the shelves in unexpected ways. And we can also talk about how Davidoff and other indus- and the other uh, companies in the industry have definitely benefited from uh, the stay at home uh, uh, cigar aficionado craze where mm-hmm. everybody just seems to be enjoying more cigars and there's a, next, a surplus of demand. And it's very interesting. We did not expect this. And... It's very heartwarming to see a lot of people either uh, expanding on their cigar aficionado lifestyle or new people coming in. There's a lot of new people that are coming in lately, especially with more time at home. It's, you know, that's what I was hearing a lot of, Klaus. And, you know, it it sounds like it sounds like you just confirmed it for for, for your experience as well, um, that just people were smoking a ton this year. There was just, there were more cigars being consumed, more people had time on their hands. Mm -hmm. And so it allowed for, you know, people to do, you know, to really kind of explore what we're going to be doing tonight, you know, their taste buds and everything and kind of really be able to smoke a lot more cigars than they were probably used to or, or planning on. And uh, they're calling it a mini boom. I mean, I don't know if it's going to last as long as the nineties, but it definitely, it's definitely a mini boom and it's exciting for the factories. It's exciting for the different brands and it's exciting for this one. Sometimes you release a cigar and it just lands on the wrong time. You know, it doesn't do so well. Uh, we have had experiences with that, like launching cigars around the 2009, 2010, uh, which is kind of like a puro de oro story. And Davidoff Dominicana uh, deserves, especially for, I'm very close to that name, of course, being Dominican and always promoting Dominican Republic. But Davidoff Dominicana deserves a stage to shine. This mini boom is definitely uh, a stage. And a lot of people have been, were asking when this would come or they didn't know what was coming. But for the last, I don't know, five years, 
people have been asking for something like this and Davidoff finally delivers. And we're, we're certainly going to dive into it. Um, like we, uh, like we've done in years past here. And I'm really excited to kind of pick this apart, talk about a lot of the different components of it. Um, but in addition to, uh, ruining one of your colleagues, uh, smoking, uh, you know, for the next couple of weeks until they're able to get their allotment again. Um, I also ruined Father's Day, apparently. Uh, so by having you on the show tonight, so I am I am doubly gracious uh, for uh, for your time tonight, Klaus. I'm usually I'm, I'm I, I know that Sunday is always family time, but in the case of December, oh, excuse me, to December, July 25th um, for this uh, for this year. Uh, this this is uh, this is Father's Day, late Father's in Day Dominican Republic. In the in Dominican, Dominican Republic. Republic, yeah, it's Father's Day in Dominican Republic. So, uh, I I normally celebrate it twice the U the U.S. Father's Day and but for us it's the Dominican Republic Father's Day is the important one. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it's 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 a, not a typical Sunday. Let's call it the whole family is here, um, and they have definitely uh, allowed me to do this <laughs> and, and spend some time with you. Uh, thanks for stealing me away. It's, it's, it's a good, it's a good break from the family, but it is, it is my first father's day. So I, I'm actually quite excited. It's my first father's day as a father. So very good Sunday. That's, you know, I was just about to say that, you know, it's, you know, so my, it was really cool. My, when, when our, my, my firstborn was, was born, um, so my my wife made a pretty pretty cool deal out of the fact that um, you know he was he was born in July so he was born in in, in America the Father's Day is in June so so a month before fast. he was born uh, my wife made a really big deal out of the fact that you know I, you know I was going to be a father and stuff like that but nothing nothing can and that was really great and that was really cool but nothing compared to that that first that first Father's Day um, you know a year a year after that so that I'll tell fantastic. you something that will probably put a smile on your face we all think they everybody's saying you know it's i have a daughter so the daughter is, is the father's you know it's she's more attached to the father they always say that and everybody's been telling me for the last couple months her first word is going to be papa papa and then she's going to say papa papi and she you're going to love it and she's going to say the first word papa because the daughter always loves the father more and i i my first trip out of the country my first trip away from my daughter uh, was PCA. So about two weeks ago. Um, and while I was gone in PCA, I think to spite me, my daughter's first words were mama. Oh, and, um, uh, I, I, I was, I was pretty disappointed in PCA in Vegas and I missed her first word. Right. And as of two days ago, she started saying the pup sound. Uh, okay. And then today, on Father's Day, she said one time, "Papa." Oh, and yes. I just melted. It's like, thank you. you. It doesn't matter. You said "Mama" while I was in PCA. Yeah, you know, I missed I, it. I just, I just, I miss "Mama." Who cares? She said "Papa" on Father's Day, and I just melted. And I was like, oh, okay, yes, it feels good to be a dad. <laughs> You didn't miss it. That's the, that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. Oh, and that's, and what, I mean, that's perfect having that on fathers. We, you know, we had our, we had our father's day episode here a few weeks ago and that was, that was a lot of fun and stuff, but um, um, maybe we, uh, maybe we have you on a little bit next year. I don't know. I like this tradition, but it doesn't mean we can't do both too. I don't know. It doesn't mean get yeah. the, get the we gears working. So um, 
I mean, I it's uh, it's like a hundred and something degrees still here, uh, even with the sun down here in Texas. Uh, so I'm drinking water, but I saw that you are uh, partaking in a in a, a wonderful spirit there. What did, what did you yes. pour for yourself? Um, you know, Davidoff recommends that uh, you enjoy Davidoff Dominicana with Dominican rum, obviously. You know, but I decided to go a little bit outside of the box, and uh, I just. Uh, I think last month I was gifted this and I really enjoyed it. And I wanted to try it today with that Dominicana. This is my cat on quest. Okay. And I think the name is very uh, appropriate for Dominicana. You know, always the quest to, uh, we always, always had the quest or the, the idea to make a cigar with Dominican tobaccos, Dominican wrapper, kind of really follows the Puro de Oro, the Yamasa story. And now that of Dominicana, I really hitting home in the Dominican Republic. I, it, for me, it almost feels like appropriate just because of the name. And I, I think it's doing very well. We'll analyze the cigar in just a bit, but I think it does very, very well with this. It's, it's very smooth. I really like this whiskey. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, you can see already halfway down. So <laughs> did, uh, did you let your, did you let your father have any of that or was that, uh, was that all no. for you? No, yeah, definitely my father gets to try. It's <laughs> he 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 has first dibs at everything I own. <laughs> Fair enough. Put it that way. Fair enough. He, you know, he's got to just make sure he's just got to make sure it, uh, it, you know, it's not poison. That's what my dad always says when he. Yeah, he's quality he's, control. He's protecting me. Yeah. I mean, we, we know that he's, he's excellent at that. So, I mean, of course, why wouldn't that, why wouldn't that drift off into his personal life too? You know, <laughs> so he's, I know he's all business all the time. Um, but uh, we're, um, again, we're, we're going to be breaking down this cigar here in just a couple of minutes here. So actually let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit more about just the, the story behind it as we kind of are going into the first third and then we'll talk about our first third experience here. Um, so the, um, you know, you talked about the different formats that it comes mm-hmm. in and the limited quantity that y'all are doing it in. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear a little bit more about the uh, uh, the project itself. You know, you know, Yamasa, you know, what a few years ago was kind of the, you know, Davidoff's, uh, I, you know, just to be a little over dramatic, Dominican triumph, you know, yeah. being able to harness this, this, this this valley that you know had you know given fits for years and everything and you guys were able to procure and make such uh, uh grow such incredible tobacco there and that you know ultimately gave us a truly unique blend uh and of course you know san vicente and uh you know piloto cubano and other uh herald leaves from your farms have always been at the centerpiece of of a lot of davidoff blends most davidoff mm-hmm. blends um, so what's uh, what was it about this project in particular that that Davidoff wanted to, uh, from your understanding, that Davidoff wanted to accomplish with this? Well, let me just make it for, make it clear. You know, I uh, as everybody is watching, um, currently I have a consultancy agreement with Davidoff, so I'm, I'm an external marketing consultant for them. So I'm not employed by Davidoff. I'm outside, but my family still grows tobacco for Davidoff. And, and this cigar does have some tobacco from my family farms in there, um, of course, including Yamasa and then also the Hikome farm that you uh, know that you've been yeah. to. Yes. Um, but um, if uh, I had the, the pleasure of working at the initial stages 
with this cigar before I left Davidoff, back when I was in the United States. And definitely, uh, I'm very happy this project happened because when I was brand ambassador for Davidoff uh, in the last couple of years, and when I traveled, I will, I kid you not, I would do my events. And then at the end of the events, you normally open it up for questions. And in the last couple of years, a lot of almost without fail on almost every single event, the question I got was, what about Puro de Oro? What about Puro de Oro? Where is Puro de Oro? I'm a fan of Puro de Oro. There's always one fan in every store. You right. know, and like diehard fans, like who would kill to grab one. I might be one of those, uh, especially the Notables or the Delicioso formats. If you have one, let me know. I will show up at your house. But um, <laughs> Maybe in the middle of the night. <laughs> maybe in the middle of the night. Um, but um, I remember some years ago, Davidoff, especially people in, in, in headquarters were like hinting at that we were going to not redo something, but do something in, in the honor of Puro de Oro, because there's always been this fan club. And, and you can call Davidoff Dominicana in many ways, uh, in my, from my point of view, almost like a tribute to Puro de Oro. Now, this is not Puro de Oro. Let me make that clear. Uh, but it is the same intentions or very similar intentions. Puro de Oro back in 2010, when it was launched, it was 100% Dominican. Uh, and then this one is pretty close to 100% Dominican. Uh, everything but the, the binder, which is an Ecuadorian uh, binder, but everything else is Dominican. And I think it's really going back to not just satisfy people that have this, uh, were fans of the Puro de Oro, but it's really to uh, talk about Dominican Republic, uh, try to express the Dominican vibrant culture, you know, the merengue, the colors, the live, the liveliness of the people uh, through a cigar that is in my opinion, pretty complex and has uh, quite a variety of tobaccos. We're talking about uh, seven tobaccos, five in the filler, one in the binder, one in the wrap, well, one in the wrapper. And I think it does it justice. Uh, it is definitely, you will see, it's definitely more into the medium to full side. So it is not just medium, there's more going on into it. And uh, what I do like is that in, in contrast to Yamasa, Yamasa uses Nicaraguan tobacco. And, and mm -hmm. Davidoff Yamasa, uh, uh, the Nicaraguan tobacco, does play a very important role in the blend. Where I think here, uh, you don't have that competing aspect of another country because the Ecuador is really just there uh, for uh, a nice component in the middle that will add some flavor, but it's not competing against or, or adding a new dimension is I think it's just flowing with what the Dominican tobaccos are giving. But I remember I would have to tell people, just wait, something is coming, something is coming. And then uh, when they asked me if it's gonna be Puro de Oro, I was like, it's not gonna be Puro de Oro. And the reason is because Puro de Oro, back when it was launched back in 2010, uh, the farm of Yamasa was actually 100% sun grown. Now, now Yamasa Farm is 100% shade grown. Shade. So there's no way you're gonna get that wrapper. This is silky smooth wrapper right now. You know, this is silky smooth. That's because of the shade. This is after years and years of improving on the farm, making sure uh, that the combustion is right. If you're a fan of Puro de Oro, 
back in the day, you'll know that Puro de Oro would have a lot of burn issues because it was so oily, so granular, and, and it contributed a lot to the taste. So it was almost a characteristic of the cigar. You will not experience this, this burning issues uh, with this the Davidoff Dominicana. I think this is almost like a perfected version of it, a much more nuanced and much more balanced version of the Puro de Oro. So before we go kind of diving into our first kind of tastes, uh, you know, you know, tasting uh, of the first third and everything, something you said just a minute ago, Klaus, kind of took me down memory lane a little bit, not of Puro, Puro de Oro necessarily. I have I had never actually had the good fortune. Everyone just mm-hmm. talks about it. Uh, it's like the that, you know, that word unicorn gets thrown around so much in this industry. That mm-hmm. truly is a unicorn because that's the one that I'll I'll probably never catch right so um and you never know it was never you know it was it was it was missed by but uh but yeah everyone has such reverence for it but something that took a moment ago when you said about originally when it first came out the the oiliness uh it kind of it, you know infringed a little bit with the with the with the burn just because of just of like you said the oiliness and everything it, that took me back to us a couple of years ago when we did the element series and we noticed the difference between we were commenting on the difference between the the combustion rate, not that it was poor, but yeah. the combustion rate of mm-hmm. the Escurio uh, uh, compared to uh, the Yamasa. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Yamasa had that, you know, it, it just it was much more flashy. It burned a lot. It burned not fast. It just burned faster mm-hmm. that the oils in the Escurio really kind of um, really kind of, you know, kind of made that slow that smoke a lot slower so i guess that that was that yeah. was a um it's I guess a, that was yeah a, it's, it's it's a good example it's a good comparison uh yeah i think um this one does have some visus higher up in the plant tobaccos but there is also some seco tobaccos in, in in this cigar so you'll i don't think this one is slow or fast this one is as a, as a good rate uh, but also the wrapper and that binder, that Ecuadorian binder does help a lot uh, in the burn ratio for this cigar. It, but I don't think that is a, you don't have to put that as one of the things that are differentiating about this cigar. I'm just really comparing it to the old school comparison to Puro de Oro. But mm-hmm. we, we did want to make something that was completely different from Puro de Oro. But it is reverence to the idea of, of a cigar that is from the Dominican Republic where it lets Dominican tobacco shine. Uh, lately, Davidoff has been launching a lot of cigars that have blends with many different countries. And I like going back to our roots uh, because Davidoff roots were Dominican tobaccos since the 90s, so all, almost all of 2000, just Dominican tobaccos with an Ecuadorian wrapper. In this case, it's an Ecuadorian binder. So this is almost also a glimpse into old school Davidoff. This is going back to tradition, I think. It's pretty nice. Tradition in a, in a, in a still, but in a very unique way, because of some of the tobaccos that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But I want to talk about just kind of the outwards appearance and everything. We talked about the oils, the, you know, this is a, this, in terms of color, color, would you characterize this as a more like a, it's not Colorado. It's not, there's not too much red to it, but it's, it's, and it's not Maduro, right? It's not too dark, no. but it's not, it's, you're not I your typical. Just, I would literally, I would, yeah, I would call this almost like a legit brown. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it just right down the middle brown. You might have a, I can't, I don't know what cigar you have, 
but you do Davidoff does do color sorting for every line. So they, mm -hmm. every line does have a parameter of how light it can be and how dark it can be. And the one I have right now, which I, I don't know if you can see, but there's too much light. This is pretty standard brown. This, I would not call this light brown or dark brown or reddish brown, not a greenish brown either. Uh, yeah. what, what's something really cool about Davidoff is that they do sort into a plethora of colors. And you do get into the pink browns, the purplish browns, the light greens, uh, the light yellows. Not all of those colors make it into Davidoff, but you will see little tones of that. And they sort into about 50 different colors, which is ridiculous. Um, but this one is right about right down the middle. It won't, you won't right. get like a Maduro or a very light one. This is an Abano type hybrid uh, right. being uh, planted in Yamasa, Dominican Republic. The uh, um, yeah, some of the some of the darkest um, plants, you know, the, some of the darkest leaves obviously are probably like the late hour, uh, the millennium. Yeah. The millennium, it can get it can get rather dark, which is interesting. Yes. Right? Millennium millennium has a lot of this same tone, uh, very similar tones, but millennium can get a lot darker. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. I have seen almost like purplish browns in millennium which is unique yeah when you said the purple that kind of that took me that reminded me of of millennium specifically um i still i still remember the the first cigar um that uh we smoked together um well we smoked different cigars but it was it was when you were translating for for your father in Eladio diaz in that interview that coop and i did in the dominican republic you were smoking a, a millennium mm -hmm. um and wow, good memory uh, i I just remember, I just, because I remember the, the, the darkness of it. I was like, oh, man, I don't remember the millennium being that dark. And, and it made me, it made me crave the, crave the millennium. I wanted to try it. So I wanted to smoke it right after that interview. Uh, so I went and found one. <laughs> that's, that's also the beauty of shade grown. So shade grown will uh, make lighter tones and it won't get into those darker tones. Millennium is in a, it's in a, a bionotype grown in Ecuador, the 151 hybrid. Uh, which is even though Ecuador has a natural shade from the clouds, it is still kind of sun grown. It's, especially for Habano, you can get those darker colors in higher primings. So let's let's uh, class. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, the the tasting notes we're getting in this first third. I'm kind of I'm kind of hitting the back end of the first third here. Me too. Um, really, like we talked about, good good combustion, slower smoke. Uh, I'll talk about. Un, compared to another Davidoff I smoked earlier today, but uh, in terms of something else, but from the flavor component, um, I mean, the first thing that I got off um, and I was trying to, uh, I always try to do this in these exercises every year with you. Cause I, I'm a big retrohaler, as you recall. Um, and I know I tr we try to really focus on these tastings. We try to just focus on the taste. And so I try not to retrohale as much, um, but I get some really nice, um, some really nice kind of almost baking spice. Uh, you know, yeah. you're, you're you're not quite cinnamon, not quite nutmeg, not that sharp, but mm -hmm. still that kind of that kind of cake, um, yeah. kind of cake spice to it, um, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of oak. Um, there's there is a little bit of wood uh, at the beginning. I don't think that's the predominant note. Uh, the oak, I think, more the spices, and then there is definitely I think some sweet notes uh, that will definitely 
the think the, the spices and, and the oak will become more pronounced as you uh, go into the second and the third third. But I think the, the, the sweet and the spice of this cigar, uh, I think are the main players in the beginning of the cigar. That's personal for me. But you're absolutely right with, with, the, with the spices. It's not that pronounced. It's very, very typical uh, Yamasa um, uh, spice. Uh, which is very front of the palate, like right behind uh, the tip of your tongue. It's about half an inch behind your, the front of your tongue. And it's, that's very typical, that frontal stimulation. But this tobacco doesn't just have Yamasa, obviously. The wrapper, there's some in the filler, uh, but it does have two Habano types inside, which are a Piloto and a Corojo 1999. So you're going to get a lot of those uh, wooden notes definitely being pronounced uh, or showing up little by little as you continue this, the cigar. But it has to be there from the beginning because if not, the cigar is not balanced. So you're absolutely right with, there's definitely wooden notes right there. So the, um, you know, we, we've mentioned, and we're going to, again, break down the full component of the tobaccos here in just a few minutes, but you mentioned the Yamasa. And I, like I said, the, one, of the, one of the differences I've noticed right off the bat is, again, the slower burn. Um, mm-hmm. not quite as slow as the Escurio that we smoked a couple years back. Um, but, um, also that the, the minerality that Yamasa gives off the blend, the Yamasa, not the tobacco. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the tobacco, but it's not, it's, uh, that's, no. that's kind of absent from this as well. There's just mm-hmm. a lot more, a little bit more sweetness, um, to it. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this continues to build. Um, cause I feel like the cigar is just getting warmed up. What's your experience been like? Is it, is it, is it a cigar that kind of captivates you and holds you or is it a cigar that captivates you and then even builds even further? For me, uh, I've had the pleasure of enjoying the cigar qu- quite a bit. Um, but it, for me, I think this is a cigar that is, even though it's very, uh, flavorful and it, I do consider it above medium intensity. I think this is a cigar that doesn't overpower me through, the whole way through. It's very, very balanced, but it does build on top as, as it progresses and it does get a little bit more intense as it progresses, but it is very balanced and it's uh, very, you could say smooth. That might be the word. And it, it lacks that mineral, the minerality that you are, are saying. And it, you're probably getting that in the Yamasa from the Esteli, the Condega, the Nicaraguan tobaccos. Uh, there, there's definitely some mineral component that's coming from that in those cigars, where this one is completely lacking that Nicaraguan uh, profile. Sure. So Dominican tobaccos in general are known for being more subdued and more nuanced. They're not as, I don't want to say like this, but maybe, and they're not as much as in your face. Like you actually have to almost like sit down and, and think. There are definitely some varieties and some regions in Dominican Republic that are boom in your face. And there are some blenders and some brands out there that do very well by captivating those notes. But in general, Dominican Republic has a lot of softer soils. doesn't have that volcanic soil like in Nicaragua. You know, so it is easier to pr- do more, pr- more nuanced notes with Dominican tobaccos. And I think this is where this shines. It's very balanced and very smooth the whole way through. 
I've been smoking a lot of the uh, the Discovery series lately. You know, I've mm-hmm. been smoking a lot of more Yamasa, Nicaraguan, um, the Corona uh, Corona Gorda Escurio, which is one of my, one of my favorites. My, my favorite size in that blend. <laughs> it used uh, to be the short Robusto, and then the those. Corona Gorda. Yeah, and then the Corona Gorda appeared. I was like, yep. I don't long, no longer have to satisfy for a 20-minute smoke. Now I can do a 40-minute smoke. <laughs> well, it was interesting about that exercise that we did a couple of years ago because we did the short, the shortest versions mm-hmm. of all three of all three blends, the the the, uh, the Nicaraguan, the Amasan, the, the Escurio. And I remember us both talking about how, like, you know, I'm a big Vitola snob. I've always said yeah. that. But like we we each love that blend in those in those sizes. Um, we liked other sizes as well, but but we we all we agreed that those three were were really great executions of those particular blends, which was which was uh, w- which was unique because I think a lot of times you know it's those it's those short cigars that sometimes it's those uh, what you call those connoisseur uh, vitolas um, that kind of dog get, walkers yeah <laughs> <laughs> that gets over overshadowed and overlooked sometimes yeah. They, <laughs> They're they're perfect for uh, that perfect for that amount of time for sure, mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, the uh, the interesting thing I was noting about this, so t- to to bring about my point though I've been smoking a lot of Discovery series. This morning I smoked one of another one of my favorites of the one of the classic whites. I smoked my uh, robusto, but a Grand Cru, which is one of my favorites as well. Um, and just the di- I mean it's it's virtually the same components, same length. Uh, virtually same length and same uh, ring gauge, but the weight from this morning cigars com- is completely different. It goes back to all the tobaccos that are in this mm-hmm. particular cigar. So it's, it's a denser smoke for sure. Um, altogether. One, yeah. 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 Um, uh, yeah. Grand crew. You know, what's interesting. The grand crew line has uh, a tobacco that this one doesn't have. It's, it, it's, uh, I was talking about it the other day with somebody, um, the t- traditional Dominican Davidoff blend for the white label cigars. And this is part of the white label, uh, as you can see. Uh, right. It's, it is it's not part of the Discovery series or the Tasty Element series. It's part of the, the white label. Um, is that the white label normally is focused around three tobaccos. Piloto, which this one has. San Vicente, which this one has. And Olor Dominicano, mm-hmm. which is the traditional Dominican tobacco, but this one doesn't have it. And what's interesting is they, they asked me, it's like, why does it not have Olor Dominicano? It is Olor Dominicano, even in the name, it would make sense to put it into Davros Dominicana. And, and what's, what's interesting is that Olor Dominicano gives you that salty and almost going into this a little spicy, very light spice kind of feeling. And if you put Olor Dominicano and then on top of that, you put Yamasa and this cigar has Yamasa twice, it almost becomes too salty, and and that's why you don't need it. Yamasa is almost like a perfect substitute uh, for Olor Dominicano when it comes to blending. And it's almost more noble. It's a little bit less mineral than the Olor Dominicano. Yeah, the, uh, the I remember that from uh, from some of our from some of our tastings about the Olor being really salty, and and I agree with that too. Uh, the um, so I mean, let's go. I mean, so let's go ahead and dive into the components of this this blend. We've we've kind of danced around it a little bit tonight. So, yeah. so the 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 wrapper is 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 Dominican Republic. It's a hybrid uh, hybrid two fifty seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, in in and 
these numbers, you know, like the 702 line mm-hmm. and some of the other cigars that, you know, some of the limited releases and everything have these numbers attached to it. And there you, I know you've talked about that before, but just give a quick review of what these numbers represent, um, um, if you would, for our audience tonight. Yeah, they basically each one of these numbers represents a different variety, a different seed that Davidoff has created. They have hybridized using Mendel theory, normal crossing, seed crossings in the greenhouse. Uh, takes about eight years to develop a seed and uh, make it not only male sterile, but the flavor and the, and the genetic uh, the genetic capacity to resist certain diseases or have a certain flavor or have a certain yield. Uh, so it takes about eight years to create one of these seeds. So when you hear the number 257, uh, you can imagine how many seeds Davidoff has created over the years. Uh, not every single one of them gets used. Obviously, uh, imagine back when they were planting wrapper in, in the late 90s. Davidoff was planting wrapper in the late 90s, Tabadom. Uh, the seeds were counts were like at 119. Uh, 133 was a very famous one for Puro de Oro. Uh, 702 has been very, very famous. That was released in 2009, uh, even though that count is for Ecuador, not for Dominican Republic. And um, uh, also this, we, we're talking about the wrapper right now, but this also has a binder that is the hybrid 151 uh, from Ecuador. And that one was famously used or is famously used in Millennium line in the Millennium blend. So you see all these numbers and that's, a different seed or a different variety uh, based on different, uh, you could say, mother seeds uh, that are being used. This is one in particular is uh, based on a Nabano. Okay. The, uh, so the, the, the wrapper to hybrid 257, um, which we said was a, was a Habano uh, mother foundation. Seed, that's called, mother yeah, seed, mother seed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Foundation. Foundation is uh, fine. So, and then the, the Ecuador hybrid 151 also mother seed of Habana or different? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually two separate mother seeds, but yeah. Okay. Uh, um, and the, as you know, we were talking about the binder earlier, you know, you said that it, well, it does impart some flavor. The, the reason it was selected for this blend, cause I know that the, the, where the, where the meat of this blend is in the careful selection of the, the fillers, which we'll go into in a little bit, and then the wrapper. So the hybrid kind of is, is more of that complementary piece, combustion. It makes, yeah. the, it makes the whole blend go. Um, mm-hmm. was there, were you aware of any – because you said you at the time when you were with Davidoff, you, you played a little bit of a part in this, uh, the, mm-hmm. the making of this blend. Was, was the original intent to try and make this another uh, Dominican Puro? And it just wasn't working with what you guys were trying out, or was it always? Were you were you just looking put, putting the the pieces of the puzzle together? I, I think it was a little bit of both. I, there was definitely intent to try to create a hundred percent puro, um, for many different reasons, which I can't really go into. Uh, it was decided uh, to pick this blend, and you do know that uh, when Davidoff picks a blend, it's not just like a master blender down in the Dominican Republic picking out the blend. This goes through many tasting panels, blind tastings. It gets sent out to different people in the company, some consumers even sometimes. So uh, it, 
uh, I can assure you probably that one of the big decisions why discipline was chosen was probably because it was the preferred one. Um, and, and the combustion does, does have, have a lot of help with the Ecuador. It would be interesting. I think they could have also made a, a cigar that was 100% Dominican. It would have been fine. But when you make so many test blends, sometimes there's just a winner. And I guess this one was a clear winner. There you go. Yeah, I was going to say, if you keep, mm-hmm. you know, if you keep going, if everyone keeps going back to this one, you know, it, it's kind of hard to ignore the, the, the masses at that point. You know, you know, something I've learned, it's, it's very interesting. I still do it and you should do it. Uh, if you give out different cigars, you know, and you hand them all out. And then at the end of the night, you see the ashtrays. Look for the cigars that were smoked to the very end and which ones were left halfway or not finished. And that one will tell you which one was the, the favorite one. It, it, forget about all the tasting notes and everybody's personal opinions and the opinions of everybody as they bounce around. Just look at the ashtrays at the end of the day there you and go. see which one was the one that was enjoyed the most. And that's normally the clear winner. You don't even have to look at people's notes or take into account. You will know just by which one they go back to. And that happens to me all the time. They give me three cigars. I line them up side by side. And then just naturally, without even thinking about it, I just lean towards one. And it's because it's the one I'm enjoying the most at that particular moment. I'm I'm chuckling because that uh, that is uh, reminiscent of a couple weeks ago at PCA. Um, you know, on the way out, you always see the ashtrays, and mm-hmm. you know, there's some that are you know, like you said, that are barely smoked. There's some that are smoked mm-hmm. all the way to the nub, and um, you know, and unfortunately, leaving the trade show, you have to put them out. So there's there that yeah. certainly factors that doesn't into count. yeah, that doesn't yeah. count. But there yeah. was one. There was a cigar. Uh, um, um, that uh, was very was barely smoked and it was in the ashtray and I was like I really want to meet this person so that I can take all of their allotment of that um, and uh, and that way I, that you know no none more no more get wasted and come on respect at least take off the band don't let them don't <laughs> let people know what brand you didn't you didn't finish at least take off the band it was a Before very it was a very surprising band class I, I gotta tell you it was I mean it wasn't it wasn't yours um, I would have said it if it was y'all's um, but I was, I was just unbelievably shocked that that much cigar on that particular brand had just been left. And I was like, I want to meet this person and just see if I can just buy the rest of theirs because apparently they don't like them. So, um, <laughs> but it was very, very shocking. Um, but, um, to, to kind of go, so to get into the, again, what we're talking about, the meat of this particular blend, the very careful selection of the fillers, the filler leaves in this cigar, this is, this is a very, very very meticulously and and well balanced in terms of different types of tobaccos that you guys selected for the fill that davidoff selected for the fillers here we've got we've got two types of san vicente yep um uh there's san vicente visus and the um mejorado seco the uh, piloto visus uh and the two ones that are in my mind the most unique the Yamasa Visus and the Corojo 99 Seco, all from the Dominican. Mm-hmm. Um, Corojo 99 or Corojo Dominican Corojo is not something you see a lot in Davidoff product. Am, am I am I misremembering or no? You're correct. Okay. Yeah, um, it's, 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 I don't think it's something new. It's not something new, but 
right. it, it does it does stick out when you're looking at all the other lines. It is something I don't think it's in any of the other uh, normal traditional lines that are available. Because, like you said, and the first the okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, please. no, no, go, go. Uh, well, I was gonna say like you like you already touched on the the one noted absence when you look at the blend. You're like, oh, San Vicente Piloto, and you're like, oh, where's the allure? And like you said, it was replaced, kind of replaced in terms of the mm. the balance with the Yamasa. Mm. Um, the uh, but the the Corojo ninety nine definitely jumped out at me. Um, when you when you when you smoke Corojo ninety nine apart from this blend, we'll go back to the blend here in a second. But mm-hmm. apart from it, what are some of the things that you know we we talk about the palate? What does Corojo bring to 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 a blend in terms of like the sweetness, acidity, the spice? What what does it what does it typically typically impart on a blend? Well, Corojo is uh, an abano base. You know, it's it's from, from it's in, from the abano lineage. And in particular, 99 was a particular good year that the seed was picked out uh, for a lot of different characteristics, also mainly because it has a, had amazing yield. Um, but Coro has, has been widely used in other brands in other countries. And I, I do find it uh, interesting how Davidoff puts Dominican Corojo 99 to make it clear that this Corojo 99 is from Dominican Republic because there's a lot of Corojos from other countries. And um, uh, something that you'll notice from Corojo being an, a, a Habano base is very much like Piloto has that very linear taste, which is uh, sweet and then hits it home in the back, but it is less linear and it's more rounded. Corojo actually has more ability to stimulate more areas, a little bit more rounded, less sharp, it's less precise than the Piloto. So uh, if you compare, for example, to the Yamasa, the Yamasa, Davrov Yamasa has Piloto and then Esteli that do that action of sweet and bitter. Where in this one, that action is being done by the Piloto, but now instead of a Esteli, it's done by a Corojo 99. Mm-hmm. And it is less intense than the Esteli, it's more rounded, uh, gives you a lot of that woodiness that, that you're looking for um, or that you're probably tasting but it's not as sharp. It's not as, uh, I, I mean, some people say there's some oak wood, but I, I, it's not as charred or it's not as strong, not as, not as present. It's a little more balanced. And I think that's really the biggest part because the sweetness, there's a lot of tobaccos in this cigar that are pro- producing sweetness, mm-hmm. but there's really two big tobaccos here that are producing the intensity in the back. And that's your Corojo and your Piloto. And, you needed at least two to be able to fight off or balance what was going on in the front. So I, I think one of the most important distinctions too, when we're talking about this Corojo versus probably a more popular Corojo that's out there are the Nicaraguan Corojo that you see, or the mm-hmm. Honduran Corojo, right? Yes. So these are like, that's, that's the, the Corojo 99. Like you said, it's a very, it's a very famous seed. Um, and it's been, it's been, it's been a, it's a very it's been it's proven to be a very durable seed because yep. it's grown readily in the Dominican Republic it's grown readily in Honduras most famously probably in Honduras and then it's also grown in Nicaragua but they like all three different countries produce this leaf from this mm-hmm. seed and it's very different cuz like yeah. to me 
when, like you were just describing about the Dominican, my experience with it in, um, while it provides, while it provides the excellent balance in this particular blend, where I see it coming out of like Honduras, for example, it is a very dominant flavor. It's a very also realize, yeah, but do realize that this Corojo 99 is a seco. It's from the bottom of the plant. True. So True. it is more nuanced. It's not as, it's not as intense. So that's also why you're not perceiving a dominance coming from this tobacco. And uh, it is like you're saying, it is a very dominant seed because it is very durable. Uh, farmers love it because it, it produces high yield. It's resistant to many diseases being an Habano base. And then processors uh, that uh, ferment it and then sell it to other factories or smaller factories. Uh, they love it because it is durable when sorting. It doesn't break. It can it can uh, support or uh, I want that in Spanish. Support um, uh, high temperatures and fermentation. And it is an it's a pretty easy tobacco to work with, and it's uh, it's a flavor profile that a lot of people like. So it sells easy. It's good for the market. It's a very good tobacco for the market. But it's interesting because Davidoff hasn't really gone into it too much because Davidoff mm -hmm. has always focused so much on uh, private seeds, you know, creating their own tobaccos with the San Vicente, with the hybrids, with the San Vicente Mejorado, which is also a hybrid. What is that? So yeah, that's the other one that caught my attention. Um, Cause when I normally, when I just see San Vicente in y'all's in, in Davidoff's blends or just in general um, that's, I, I mean, I've seen Mejorado a few times, mm -hmm. but it's also one of the ones that kind of jumped out at me is, is in terms of rarity other than Yamasa, mm -hmm. because y'all yep. hold the, I mean, y'all pretty much hold the, the patent on that. Um, but the, uh, Mejorado, it, uh, is, is it also Habano mother seed as well, or, or is uh, it different? No, me, me, San Vicente is from Cuba, but even though it is like an Habano, uh, see, because it is from Cuba, it's completely different profile. Normally being more acidic, it's what's going to be producing. Now we're halfway into the cigar. It's going to be producing a lot of that creaminess feeling, that smoother feeling. And then Mejorado, it's a hybrid. It's one of the few hybrids that Davidoff did not put a number to. Uh, it just made, it says San Vicente made better. That's what it literally translates to. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it, it has more sweet notes. It's a little bit more rounded. It's not as acidic. So it doesn't produce that kind of feeling and it really produces a more, more rounded experience and it produces a more sweeter experience while still providing that acidity that is very essential for creating creaminess and creating a, a nice uh, moist palate. So that, that actually, I, I wanted to actually go into this comment too. That, that's, this, that's something about, you know, a lot of, a lot of Davidoff cigars uh, that kind of like we talk about that acidity that produces that saliva and everything. Mm -hmm. I have a very, uh, the palate is very, is, is very refreshed with this cigar, mm -hmm. um, but it, it, but it's not over salivating. No, um, there's not a lot of acidity to this cigar. Um, and because there's, I think that it's just the way that the, the blunt, the, the tobaccos are marrying together to kind of create it to where it's not, Cause sometimes like, like for example, um, when I think about, uh, the acidity where that, that stimulation of the saliva being produced, I think of, uh, the signature series. Yeah. The signature line. 
I get a lot of, I kind of get like about a third away into the cigar. I get this kind of this burst of acidity and, and this we've gone over this four years in a row. Now, when we talk about acidity, like people like cringe, cause they're like, Oh, acrid, that's terrible. That's bad. Mm-hmm. No, you need acidity to balance out the blend, but you kind of in the mm-hmm. signature line for me, when I smoke it, I get this about a third of the way and I get this, the surge of acidity that kind of really like sparks the palate and ignites it. Like, and I get a lot of, a lot of saliva built up after that. And it just kind of, it, it, it makes the cigar more, it really does make the cigar more enjoyable because you get a lot more out of it, the second and, and final third in that cigar, in my opinion. I don't know if you've had similar experience. It's a cigar I enjoy quite a bit, <laughs> but it's, it's, I do have to say one thing I have completely forgotten to say up till now. And it's that not only is this a limited release because of the quantity, but it's also a limited release because of the year on some of these tobaccos. That third band on the bottom, which I have here, a yeah, short Augusto. Yeah, that, sh- that has a lot of light. It says 2014. There's some tobaccos in here. They're up to 2014 that are from this year. And when we're talking about tobaccos that are aged for many, many years, uh, what happens not only in fermentation, where it really happens a lot is in fermentation, but also with aging, it, produ- it happens just at a slower rate, is that uh, when you have a very prolonged aging, you know, the typical, your carbohydrates go down, your proteins go down, you know, the reduction of all these, reduction in nicotine, but one thing that I always say, and I kind of glossed over real, real quick, but I always say this, when you have fermentation, one of the things that gets reduced and when you have aging is acidity. So, so it, it almost never gets touched up on, and actually this might be the first time ever in an interview that I actually talk about this, I guess to this depth, but reduction of acidity does happen with aged tobaccos and it becomes less enjoyable, or it becomes more enjoyable, less accurate, if, right. if, you, if, you could, if, you could, if you could say that. So this, this, this cigar is not only special by the composition of the tobaccos that it has because of the varieties, it's also special because this cigar has tobaccos that are very aged and above the medium of what Davidoff standards are because Davidoff standards are normally four to five years aging. Right. So, and that's the medium. So sometimes the least you'll have in aging is three years, but this is six years and above for some tobaccos in this blend. Well, that definitely lines up with the experience I was just talking about then, because if, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, the acidity goes down as ages goes up, that makes sense considering the experience that we've had so, so far with it. Um, I'd also like to point out uh, something too. And this is an interesting question for y'all for you, Klaus, and I know that, you know, we're, we're going to get into your, your new role here in just a little bit, but you know, when you were with Davidoff um, you know, and Davidoff has done this for years, they've, they've, uh, they've made a, a point uh, in uh, the time beautifully filled, right? That's the, that's the moniker that's been a, a theme for, for decades. Um, and with the time component, they always try to put a time on the cigar. Like how long should, what should the smoking time be or what's the average or so that's the question. So for this cigar, they list this at 45 to 60 minutes, which I have to say, we are really, we're, we're, we're hitting up against that 60 minute mark here in just a couple <laughs> of minutes here. And we're, we're barely halfway through. So we're, 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 we're doubly, um, you know, filling our time beautifully here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I could be just a little, 
getting a little cute there for a second, but um, on those, those smoking times that get listed, is that, is that an, is that an average? Is that, is that something that's kind of like you talked about the tasting panel a little bit ago? Is that mm-hmm. something that's kind of pulled with the tasting panel? Is it an average? Like what's the, that, that whole average time? What, what was your recollection of what the, that, that timing meant for, for smoking a Davidoff cigar? Normally, I, this is personal opinion, but I, I sure. really think that this is uh, almost like the minimum. When I see 45 to 60, I always kind of giggle myself or, you know, kind of laugh inside because I always know it goes a little bit more. Uh, Im- imagine saying a cigar lasts 60 minutes and it always lasts you 45, you right. know, uh, so I, I, it, you feel cheated, I think. But I've always, I've always uh, thought or thought to myself that I, I'm okay with these times because this is normally the minimum, and there's also normally the minimum, but it's also the the average smoking time if you're like sitting down and just concentrating on the cigar. So normally when you're in these tasting panels, you're not talking. I mean, yes, you're talking back and forth, but you're really uh, puff, take it down. Like puff. yeah, and you're you're constantly going at it. Right now, half of my time is spent talking to you. Right. It's not not being focused on the cigars. So I'm definitely taking much, much more time, taking less puffs on the cigar as we're going through this interview. And it it's something that I don't think I've ever heard somebody like review a cigar, whether it's you guys or another blogger and say that it lasted exactly what Davidoff says. It always right. goes above. Um, but it's interesting. I, I, I think it's normally the minimum and I, it's, a, it's a good average for normally that size. I think also that Davidoff in, has a lot of experience with uh, lighter tobaccos that burn quicker. So they kind of have fair. this standard for lighter cigars that just burn a lot quicker. This one has a lot of visas in it. It's going to burn a little slower. Yeah, that, that's, a, it's a, that's a fair point because what I, uh, I, I've always I've always kind of seen those, those times and I'm like, I, well, I, I definitely make them last a little bit longer, which, you know, it's not like Davidoff's ever going to slap my wrist over that. They want me to enjoy their cigars, but, um, but the uh, Robusto, like this is a little bit bigger than the quote unquote traditional Robusto size. This is five and an eighth by 52. Mm-hmm. Uh, the five by 50 being the quote unquote traditional Robusto size. When I smoke a five by 50, typically it's, uh, it's a, for the most part, you know, overall, again, like the tobaccos mm-hmm. do definitely play a part in it. Like we were talking about. Um, I'm usually in for about 90 minutes. Yeah. Easily. If, you know, again, a traditional Robusto. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, for me, so Davidoff, Davidoff Special R, Davidoff Grand Cru Robusto. Um, those two in particular, it's like 45, 40 minutes in the mark for me always. Uh, so normally when I'm doing uh, tastings or tours or things like that, I try to go for Toros or higher because I know it's going to last me the whole, the whole tour. Um, but uh, yeah, for it, when you get into like the black label or like just stronger cigars, that's where I'm getting into hour 15. And that's normally my average for a Robusto. That's normally traditional 50, uh, 50 by 50, but this is a 52. So it will also burn a little slower. So this, this going back a couple of years, uh, you know, when Davidoff did another, uh, unique thing with the Davidoff we're going I'm going off on another tangent here Klaus um but when Davidoff Nicaraguan they did the and then the Escurio they all they did 
sixties. They did six by sixties. Um, yeah. Did you, uh, I'm, I'm sure you, I'm sure you smoked a couple, at least a few of those. Um, but, uh, but like, like me, I think I know it's not a preferred size for you necessarily. No. Um, but I, I have to say, out of the, again, not just because of the audience that I have right now, but I really enjoyed those particular blends in those formats. And I'm not normally a 60 gauge smoker, but what, like from a, since we're talking about smoking time, what did you see in those blends, particularly uh, when the six by 60 was produced by Davidoff? Did you see a, a, a considerable slowing down because of the tobaccos involved or was it, did it pretty much, did it kind of, was there a consistency there as, as you kind of went up in sizes? Uh, it's considerable. I think it's very considerable, especially when you're getting into uh, like the box press uh, Nicaragua or the Yamasa, because now we're talking about the fillers. What really increased in the mount is the fillers. The wrapper and the binder stayed the same, but it would maybe tend to more because the shape is bigger, but what, the considerable increase in the blend was inside the fillers. So when you're getting into these Ligero tobaccos that burn a lot slower and the percent, not the percentages, but the quantity in the cigar went up, uh, then you will see a considerable slowdown. But it's kind of like what you're saying. I, I did not really, uh, I've tried some, I, I, I don't go back to them too much in those sizes because normally my comfort level ends at about 56. I do enjoy from time to time my 60, you know, but I, my comfort level ends at about 56. Even though the market is always growing <laughs> in size. So, so to bring it back into this blend that we're, we're smoking, like you said, we're, we're, we're approaching that, that last third. Now we went through the second half here. Let's talk about some tasting notes. We, we mentioned that creaminess, that smoothness mm -hmm. that's kind of come out that the cigar is definitely has that cream component for me right now in the middle of the cigar. I get a little bit more, uh, uh, two, two things that have kind of, kind of crept into it where those baking spices have now kind of morphed into a really more precise, rich sweetness. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting a little bit of, of chocolatey kind of notes, uh, yeah. a little more caramel for me. Um, but to, on the, on the flip side and the contrast, I'm also getting some nice kind of more, uh, yeah, the wood is still there, but it's yep. kind of almost kind of become a, a leathery component. Um, uh, what what uh, what do you kind of get out of this 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 second third, other than the cream that we had mentioned a moment ago? You know, uh, leather is an interesting tasting note. Um, Davidoff does have some tasting tasting some cigars that do have that tasting note. For me, leather is like a, it's a, it's I think of leather in my mind. What is leather? I mean, you're not really chewing ever leather, you know, but I'm thinking about the aromas that leather do, and then also maybe what, what the mouthfeel of a leather would be. And it's almost like still smooth, still cream, but it, it, there's more richness to it. So sometimes I think of leather as a uh, it's just nice smoothness that is very rich in, in, in mouthfeel. And I do, I do feel that I, there is, it's not just cream, it's still smooth, but it's, it's almost has a, uh, a, more, a bigger residue on your palate and there's more residue on your tongue and it just lasts longer in your palate. And that's what I think of leather and the chocolatey components is really that melange in the back that makes in the back of that's not Oak wood, just Oak wood. 
uh, it's that second dimension of stimulation going in the back that is chocolatey. And, and you do feel some of that chocolatey going in there. And I wouldn't describe it as a dark chocolate though. For me, maybe it's, it's not milk chocolate, but it might be like, I don't know, 70%, you know, cacao or something. It's, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not super creamy in regards to milk chocolate, but it's a little bit more dense, but it's not bitter, dark chocolate. Right. It's not like 90%. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like I said, the, 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 the bitterness the, 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 like you said, with the aged tobaccos, like we were talking about that, that bitterness just is not there. The co- that, that coffee that you sometimes get with bitterness, um, I don't feel coffee in this cigar at all. I know I don't. Personally, I, I, I don't, don't either. Yeah. yeah, no, the it's it's much more of and you're right. It's not a milk, even though we were just talking about cream a moment ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's not milk chocolate. It's not that that overly mm-hmm. cloyingly sweet chocolate. It it has yeah. just that that uh that that's that kind of just more caramel. I, I equate it to caramel um a little yeah. bit. But it's, um, it's, it's not like a, it's not like a cappuccino either. You know, it's not like half coffee, half milk. Right. You know, it's it's it's, it's not as creamy as that. Yeah, I think you know when when you start when we start talking about some of these flavor notes and everything, and that's when that's immediately like when you when you throw out words like cream, like people think like oh, like heavy cream, like really mm-hmm. really dense, really cloying. When you throw out chocolate, really sweet, really. There isn't like this cigar what's really great about the cigar is it's not overly anything mm-hmm. like it's not it's not cloying it's not hugely acrid it's not huge it's not the spice component isn't like like heavily burdened like with those nicaraguan tobaccos that you were talking about earlier and, and, and other blends this is a just a really terrific experience in delicacy mm-hmm. for me it's um, nuanced everything about this cigar i think is nuanced it's it's not, nothing sticks out like a sharp knife. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, everything is well-balanced. I think this is a great example of what Dowdoff is capable of doing when it comes to blending. Because uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes I like to think that cigars that get good ratings, especially nowadays, you know, have to be cigars that like stick out, that are different. And, and this one doesn't stick out in regards to something that is different. It just... It, for me, what sticks out about the cigar is how pleasant it is the whole way through. No, it, it, it's it's garnering me a different appreciation. So you mentioned the word nuance, and so that's interesting because it's garnering a new appreciation for more of the traditional white label cigars, the Grand Cru, the Signature I mentioned earlier, and the Anniversario um, in particular, because I've always said those cigar, those blends in particular are very nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like you said, the, the, the metaphor you used was the sharp knife mm-hmm. and, and it points in those cigars there, there kind of is that sharp knife of something, mm-hmm. right? It's the, the sig, not, not to be too punny because the signature, but it is there, there is a signature in each of those blends that kind of like mm-hmm. stick out. Like the way I've always characterized it is that like, to me, the, uh, the signature is um, the signature is, has a little bit more, w- w- woodiness the anniversary has a little bit more spice the grand crew captures in my mind captures all of that and Mm -hmm. adds a degree of citrus that i just think beautifully Mm -hmm. harmonizes it's probably why the grand crew is my favorite of the three Mm -hmm. um but this cigar is definitely garnering a whole new appreciation for those blends because this truly is like you said is very 
very nuanced. There's nothing that just kind of cuts you to the core a little bit. I'm really enjoying but, it. But it maintains a pretty high, uh, a decent amount of intensity, mm -hmm. which is not normal about the white label. So this, Definitely. this is able to provide you a lot more intensity and maintain those flavors still very even at that intensity. Sometimes when you get into cigars that are stronger, then you really get those things that stick out. And here, at this high level of intensity, you're still able to maintain a good, even palate, which is something I appreciate a lot about this cigar. Klaus, well, we're, we're, while we're kind of going into the last third here, we are going to go into a couple of different segments. Uh, and this is our famed one must go segment. You've participated in a few of these. Yes, um, so I, I was getting very nervous about this. <laughs> As always, it's brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, Klaus, you and I had an interesting discussion over social media a few months back. You, you posted on your Instagram story your, your top 10 favorite Davidoff cigars. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we, we kind of went back and forth on a couple of like, ah, you know, you know, this cigar was on my list. I was interested that you wasn't on yours. And you're like, well, and we got, and I'm not necessarily getting into that, but I thought this would be a fun exercise. And we're not going to go through all 10, but I thought this would be a fun exercise to go through just three. And so I want you to know, I'm going to type these out real quick. I want you to just name three of your top 10 favorite Davidoff cigars for me real quick. The three that come to mind, and this is in no particular order. Doesn't have, I'm not asking for favorites or asking you to rank, but just three that come to mind real quick. Go. I think the top three in that list for me were um, 2006 limited edition Diadema for the Zeno anniversary, the 100th anniversary of Zeno. That was one of them, the 2006. The other one was 2009 702 Selección, Selección 702. The first time 702 was launched as a limited edition. And then the last one, I had to put it in there because it definitely is one of my top, even though I've only had it like five times, which is still a lot. The Oro Blanco, the $500 cigar that has nine tobaccos in it. And those were, I think, my top three in my list. And do I really have to pick one? <laughs> yeah, you know the name of the game. So you got you to gotta, you gotta pick one. Which, one, which one's got to go? And this it's isn't a, for real people. Like, don't get <laughs> don't get freaked out. And you know, if if if, if, I if our I, friends at Davidoff are listening, class isn't going to go to you guys tomorrow morning and tell you all to get rid of one. This isn't what it's about. This is just a fun little exercise here. To be honest, there's always a there's there was always a joke when I used to work in the factory and when my father was there. Um, people would ask me, "He's like, so you've had this cigar?" And I would say, "No, it's, why not?" He's like, uh, "Well, because I only smoke the rejects of it. Why do you only smoke the rejects of it?" because it's so expensive. Somebody has to be smoking it and buying it. <laughs> so I think I would have to say the Oro Blanco has to go. Yeah. I have emotional attachments for the, the 2006 and the 2009. Uh, emotional attachments that I don't have with the Oro Blanco. Maybe because I've only had it so few times. Um, but I think that one has to go. And yeah, Oro Blanco is definitely out of this world experience if you ever get to try one. Uh, good three-hour enjoyment time. <laughs> Sit down for three hours, not think about anything else. Set your don't, yeah, I was like, don't, yeah. don't, nothing, nothing. Do nothing. Just, just sit there and just enjoy your cigar. Think about the cigar. Make the cigar take you places. But the other two are those unicorn cigars that 
we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I still have one 2006 diadema left. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the 2009, I have a box still. <laughs> are, <laughs> are you saving the 2006 for something special in particular or just you're holding on to it because it was just that special to you? I was, hold, I was, I was enjoying one every, on every birthday, but now I only have one left. So I don't know what to do with it, <laughs> <laughs> but it will definitely be for something special. <laughs> did you enjoy one on this last birthday? Yes, I did. Oh. And that was supposed to be my last one, but then I got another one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so somebody else was nice enough to give me one. Oh man, that's beautiful. Um, so just so you're not on the ledge uh, by yourself there, um, class, I'm going to name top three of my top favorites as well. Okay. So I'm going to go with the, uh, the uh the royal robusto uh the uh that's uh we're going to talk about experiences here in just a second but uh, the royal robusto uh the the um in the uh zodiac series the year of the the year of the rooster that was an interesting one i really i really enjoyed that that that's probably one of my most controversial picks when i talk to a lot of my friends who've had a lot of the zodiac Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the snake was one that was really, really, I mean, was, I mean, probably hands down everybody's favorite. Yeah. Um, the, the year, the horse had a lot of acclaim. Um, I, speaking of the sixties, right. We were talking about a minute mm-hmm. ago with the David, this past year, the ox, that was a really unique experience as well. I really enjoyed that cigar. Um, I bought a couple of pigs. Uh, my, one of my friends and colleagues at Michael's Salas, his, his, uh, his son was born. Um, that year so I, I we we enjoyed some of the pegs together um and that was that was a great experience too but the the rooster for me is just one of the one of the one of the most unique and great experiences i've had with davidoff and then i i gotta go back to the to some, a cigar that i enjoy frequently um but i just absolutely love i've talked about grand crew uh and I should throw it on here just to, to, to make it a little bit fair, uh, but uh, about what I'd have to give up, but it, it, I'm going to do the, the late hour Churchill. And uh, um, I'm going to pick something similar to you, Klaus, in a, in a way, but my reasoning's a little bit different. I have to pick the Royal Robusto to go mm-hmm. s- because simply because like you said, it, it, it's a, it's a very, it's a very expensive cigar. That's one of them. Um, one reason, you know why, but at the same time, I was, I, I was having that moment that you talked about with the Oro Blanco with it. You know, I was, I was gifted one and mm-hmm. um, at the, at our, at our store by one of our patrons, he, he, he didn't, he didn't want to smoke them alone. That was his reasoning. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this by myself. Good. Okay. Um, all right. Better. So, fantastic so i mean but uh and i was working too which was interesting but it was luckily it was a quiet night um and and i just remember being so focused on that cigar and just i mean really really enjoying it and i i absolutely loved it um um but i i you know i i just don't know if i can um you know experience that all the time like i don't know it's just to me it was just too good so well you know uh, it's uh, the one must go is, is an interesting idea because it's like you just said the royal robusto is a cigar that you've had less you know you've had it less times than the others so you have more 
emotional attachments to the ones that you have enjoyed more often. You have different memories with them. You have different experiences with them that are memories that you don't want to get rid of. And maybe you don't have that memory with the Royal Robusto yet. So right. it's, it might be easier to take, take it off the list. I don't have yeah. a memory. Yeah, I don't have a memory with the Oro Blanco where I'm like just having a blast with my friends or something, you know, because I would never enjoy the Oro Blanco in that setting. Right. You know, so right. all the other cigars I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed in very unique settings where I'm enjoying with friends. I'm sharing a moment and I have very emotional attachments to them. So that's probably similar reasoning in, in that sense for us, for both of us. Yeah, the other one was gifted to me too. It was gifted to me by you all when uh, we went down for the tour uh, at Davidoff. Um, it was a wonderful gift that uh, that you all you gave us a lot of wonderful gifts that week. Uh, but that was one of the gifts that we received, and that was uh, that was tremendous. Uh, I enjoyed that as well. I brought that home, and yeah, nobody nobody was around, and I, I exactly. enjoyed that. Um, but the um, it, it's. It's interesting about uh, the kind of go back to the year of the Zodiac, uh, the Chinese New Year's and the Zodiac ones that y'all do and put together. What what's what's been what's been like one of your standouts? I won't ask for your favorite, but what's been one of your standouts that you really enjoyed? Does it, does it go back to the Snake for you, or is it is it one of the other ones? Uh, snake was on my list, I think. Snake it was. It was list. actually. Yeah. You know, now, now that I say that out loud, I remember. Yeah, the Snake was on my list, but um, if I have to say another one, it was the Monkey. I really, really enjoyed the monkey. I think okay. it was the perfect shape, the perfect Vitola for me. Uh, I'm a horse. Uh, I was born in, uh, in 1990, so I'm a horse. But the shape was above my ring gauge comfort level. So even though I own a box and I will never open it until God knows when, but <laughs> I, it's, it's just a shape that I, I'm, I'm not enjoying as much. Rooster was up there for me, especially because the shape was just such a nice figurado shape. And uh, those perfecto formats, I always enjoy. I mean, you can talk about the 2006, 2006 uh, Zeno 100th anniversary. That diadema is a figurado format. I always enjoy those formats. It's an experience. <laughs> I, um, I'm a big fan of the Nicaraguan diadema. I really enjoyed that. Our first, the first time we did the show together, we did the 50th diadema. And that was a wonderful, wonderful tasting experience as well. Really enjoyed that cigar. That probably is in, that's definitely in my top 10, the, the 50th. I never mm -hmm. had any of the 2006, um, but I know that you and a lot of other people speak very reverently about it. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, um, but there's, I mean, there's just, I think that's, I think that's one of my, my favorite things about Davidoff cigars in particular. And I can say this is, um, you know, I've had wonderful experiences with cigars outside of Davidoff. I mean, that's, that's, that goes without saying without question. Um, but I can, I can say about Davidoff cigars in general is that is, is that every single time I light up a Davidoff and it doesn't matter which one it does. Um, it, it is in, it is an experience worth remembering. Um, and it gives wonderful memories. There are like, there are times, like you said, you're smoking with friends um, and, and that that's a different type of memory. There's times where you, you know, like with the Royal Robusto or the Oro Blanco, where you're smoking it and enjoying it alone. And that's its own, that's its own special kind of memory too. And, but I, I think that's, that's one of the things that I enjoy about these tastings every year classes. This is another memory that we're building upon, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of going into the, to the vault, so to speak. 
um, which is why I, I love doing this with you every year. Well, it's something that's really cool is that I can have a Davidoff cigar in these kinds of environments where I'm having fun. And maybe I have to touch up the cigar here or there, you know, because maybe I'm distracted or I'm having fun, you know, I'm talking too much, but the quality is there. So uh, they rarely fail you, even when you're not paying attention to the cigar. And something that I don't like, or just that ruins your experience is that you, every time you go back to your cigar, it turns off or you're having issues with it. And that's just a hassle you don't want to go through when you're having these nice experiences, these nice memories. So a cigar that is dependable, a cigar that will burn consistently, the flavors won't stick out to you in a harsh way or negative way. Uh, that just makes, it's just a plus to the experience. And that's what I love about Davidoff cigars. You, you know, you, you mentioned about the touch-ups and stuff, you know, that, that's, um, that's, that's one of the, Davidoff is one of the, the, the very few companies there's, there's, there's four in my mind, you know, other people can have other experiences and that's mm -hmm. fine. And, and this isn't me being critical of any other cigar brand. It really isn't. If it's intended mostly as a compliment for, for Davidoff and the other, the other brands um, there, but they're one of the few ones. And I've, I've smoked hundreds at this point, hundreds mm -hmm. of Davidoffs. Um, and I've never, I've never had a performance or technical issue. Never, never had a plug. I've never, you know, even, even in times when, you know, uh, on that trip, you know, there were less than opportune moments, especially considering I was using a Bic lighter, um, where I was not, you know, lighting the cigar in, in, in optimal conditions. And, and yet, the cigar <laughs> would catch up, the, the, catch, the cigar would but, fix it, itself, you know, it's, <laughs> It's crazy. And, and I remember I, I, I ended, I handed a, um, you know, Mickey Peg is actually in the chat and he was talking about one of his favorites of all time is the anniversario, the number two. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it's funny. He mentioned that that was a cigar I gave my brother. Um, Cause he really likes more. He more, he's in the more mild, um, yeah. mild cigar uh, uh, flavor of uh, spectrum. And um, that's where he really enjoys cigars the most. And, uh, he uh he botched the lighting on it um it was my fault i distracted him but i he was like oh darn it and i said hey no actually i want i want you to try something just just go just let it go and he's like really and i said yeah just just let it go because he lit like half of it like literally it was like mm -hmm. half the half the foot was on fire and the rest was just i mean it was like it came off the shelf mm -hmm. and uh um <laughs> and I'll be damned if that thing didn't catch up about an inch in. It was it was insane. It was just insane. Yep. It was just crazy. And yeah, with those lighter cigars, a lot easier. But yes, it, it's we do do a lot of those tests. We actually do tests of that. Like uh, oh, somebody wow. in the company that was very famous for doing this was Manuel Peralta. Peralta would do almost every day a test like this. He would light up his cigar bad on purpose to see, especially come, right coming out right off the fermentation pile, the tobaccos cigars that were being tobacco that were being tested. He would on purpose light the cigar wrong to see what catch up to see how the fermentation was going oh so wow. this is something that we do mm. wow that's that's i know you guys think of everything but you guys literally do think of everything that's crazy um <laughs> um i um I, as, as we're kind of getting into the final third of the cigar i'm slowing it down a little bit here just because i'm enjoying the conversation but that was 
Thank you, Klaus. I appreciate that. I didn't want to leave you hanging out by yourself there when the one must go. So uh, thank, thank you, you for participating in it. Uh, and as always, our one must go is uh, brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana and distributors of Jose Zamingas, Bandolero, Garofalo, and highly acclaimed Atabay and Byron lines. So smoke one today and start living united. Now, normally, cause I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall on the sword here. I messed up because I, frankly, and as you know, I was a little bit distracted. We were trying to get these cigars to me, and I'm so thankful to whoever sacrificed uh, for the, uh, I won't say the greater good, but for the good of the show. So I appreciate <laughs> it very much. Uh, but normally what I've been doing is uh, a, new, a newer segment on this show, um, which is our charity segment. Um, and I, I've typically asked my guests for a charity that they want to spotlight or highlight. I did not do that this week because, again, I was very distracted with, uh, with trying to procure the cigars. And I had just gotten back from travel and everything like that. So I, I, uh, that is entirely my fault. So I do apologize to you and to my audience for that. Um, but um, if you are interested in giving to a cause... Um, as my, my go-to cause in the past is, and we've done this, I highlighted this, this charity a couple of times is canines for warriors. And I'll post the link later on, uh, canines for warriors is a terrific cause, uh, helping the veterans of the United States, uh, and also rescuing, uh, rescuing dogs at the same time. So it's a, it's a terrific cause giving our heroes in this country, a, uh, a second reason for living as they've adjusted to civilian life. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. One that I'm very much impassioned about and very, very much believe in, and it's a, it's a great organization. Um, so I do apologize, Klaus. I, I, I felt, I, I fell, don't worry, um, fell flat on that, but, uh, um, I know that there are some great causes that, uh, your family and, and Davidoff, uh, separately have, have supported over the years. So if one does come to mind that you would like to give me, I'd be more than happy to, to post it in the show notes later. So I'll definitely let you know. Perfect. Um, so as we kind of go into the, the last third here, um, of the cigar, uh, wanted to, and before I wanted to, I think we'll wrap up with the tasting notes, but I, I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, you know, this was already kind of planned and then something happened today a little bit. Uh, and so we're kind of, it kind of makes it a even a little bit more relevant. Uh, so when I announced the show and we put in the title, this is the 177 take, featuring Klaus Kellner of Kellner Tobacco. Now, normally in years past, it's been Klaus Kellner of Davidoff Cigars. Uh, Kellner Tobacco uh, is a new organization that you are the founder and CEO of, yep. um, formed late last year. And, yep. uh, and, uh, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about Kellner Tobacco and uh, the reason why you founded it? Well, uh, thanks for noting that. Um, you know, coming up with a name uh, wasn't that hard, but um, you know, we're, you know, we're a Dutch heritage and um, I wanted, of course, to be uh, tobacco in the name somehow, but obviously coming with a family counter tobacco, so tobacco written in, in Dutch or German way. And basically this is uh, a company that will be able to grow in different ways. You never know. Uh, but uh, as of right now, one of the main things that this company does is continue to advise, consult, and uh, currently Davidoff being the exclusive uh, consultancy uh, for us right now. So I do consulting for Davidoff in mainly in marketing more than anything else. And it's maintaining a tie uh, to Davidoff. When I left the United States, 
uh, moving to Dominican Republic to be uh, closer with my family. Something I always wanted was always, to, it was always a plan to move back, but be closer to uh, the tobacco, the farm, be closer to the factory. And something that I know my family is really good at, something that I'm particularly good at is, is advising and, and different and blending and, and marketing and different ways to hit the market because I've had the opportunity, thank God, to travel all over the world, see all these retailers, see all these um, uh, different uh, aficionados that enjoy different types of cigars in different parts of the world. So I think it, it's almost, it fits perfectly uh, with what I know, with what my passion is. And there's other projects here and there uh, outside uh, of the tobacco world, but d definitely the main thing is uh, my consultancy with Davidoff. I'm very happy with what I'm doing. I get to still go on shows and talk about the wonderful cigars that Davidoff does. And it, it, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, you never know where it can go, but now being back home, it just felt right to uh, become independent and go on my own. So you mentioned, you mentioned that uh, you were able to kind of reestablish uh, the uh, relationship with Davidoff um, and, and, and bring them on as a consultancy right now. They are, and I think you mentioned this a moment ago, but right now they are the, the sole, uh, area or, um, that you are consulting with, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and you mentioned the marketing and, uh, and that's always kind of, that's, you know, for the last few years and you're, you were kind of brand ambassador was kind of the default title, but I think there was, there was more to it than that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you did everything, like you said, you were, con you know, you consulted on blends, you consulted in marketing. Uh, so, I mean, a lot really hasn't changed in that regard. Um, no. But what, um, you know, as far as, you know, as, as far as travel is concerned, and I know COVID obviously played a huge part in restrictions in that, uh, will you be traveling as much with this new role that you have, or will it, will it mostly keep you at home close to the family like you would, like you designed it to be i think i will be traveling less uh there are plans to send me to different places depending if it requires it or it's important enough of an event um but right now i can't tell you how how the role is going to change because every, especially with covid and everything so many things are virtual and uh, just this week i was doing events virtually for paraguay yeah it's it's a new Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, so Davidoff is going to uh, just started distributing in Paraguay, a new country. So I was doing training and seminars for for Davidoff uh, virtually for the for the stores and the distributor over there. Uh, so uh, I'm definitely assisting a lot with South America currently, especially because of my tie and my uh, my ability to speak Spanish. <laughs> so uh, it's you don't you don't know we don't know when traveling will begin but definitely one of the big ideas was to move less uh travel less I mean, back in 2016 i was traveling over 200 days out of the year so yeah. uh, i was a war, uh, road warrior for a while it's, it's nice to sit back now and uh, be able to consult from home and not have to be on a plane every single week <laughs> well spend some more time with that beautiful daughter of yours for sure and your yes. wonderful wife too it definitely yeah. is giving you not that taking it for granted um, so the, uh, um, I was, I was going to say to the, one, one of the other benefits to, I, I know you touched on this a show before and I can, 
gosh, it's escaping my memory. So you, you're, you're fluent in Spanish. You're obviously fluent in English. What other languages do you speak? You speak two others, correct? Uh, no, just French. <laughs> just French. But okay. There's still three. Still three. Okay. There's still three languages, which is decent. <laughs> but um, two more, two more than lot. me. So. <laughs> but it, it does help a lot with uh, with the European market, especially uh, also talking with a lot of people in, in the headquarters with Dav Altinger Davidoff, because you know Switzerland being in between Germany, France, Italy, you get those three languages mixed up in there. So there are a lot of people in the corporate uh, speak French, and I get to practice it a lot, quite often, quite honestly. So I don't lose it, which is important. Can't lose it. Yeah. Do you dabble in German at all? Or is that just, yeah. no, no, not at all? No, I, I was put in, in Dutch classes when I was very, very young, but uh, that never took off. Not a lot of people practice Dutch with. <laughs> I do know some words and some phrases here and there, but I can't really have a full-on conversation with somebody. Was was Spanish your first language or was English or did you kind of Spanish. learn it both? Spanish was the first language. Okay. Yeah. And then English came in around six years old, but I studied with American teachers. I studied in the United States and I've worked in the U S so long. English is almost like a mother tongue to me. No, it's, it is. So here's the interesting question. I, I always ask this of people who are bilingual, trilingual, or just linguistic in general. What language do you dream in? English and uh, English and Spanish, both. Oh, both! Wow. And, okay. Yeah, and I, I can I can switch back and forth without even thinking. Um, the day I I found out I was I was learning enough French was the day I started dreaming in French. I rarely oh, dream nice. in French anymore, but the day I, I dreamt in French for the first time, I woke up very happy. I was like, okay, I think I'm I'm getting it now. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. No, I, uh, I was given a really good compliment at this year's trade show. Um, and it was over my pronunciation of a lot of things and they're like, Oh, so you speak Spanish. I'm like, Oh, absolutely not. Um, I can read it. Uh, I can read it really well and I can understand it. Um, more so when I'm in the environment, like when we were in the Dominican a few years ago and people were speaking it, I, I, I understood it a lot better. Someone started speaking it to me now it would take me a few moments to kind of catch up and everything. Um, but no, I do not, I do not speak it at all. Uh, I'm, it's terrible. I, I grew up, I, I grew up in a border town where they Spanglish was probably the best. That was probably the, the most frequent language spoken, which is why I don't speak it. Cause I just know that I'm going to bring in English or use words in Spanish that aren't really words. And <laughs> it's just, it's just not, it's not a good look. So it's never um, too old to learn. It's never too late to, to, to learn. I, I know, know some people that like put uh, tapes or under cars, they drive to work and back. And in a matter of two, three years, they are fluent in that language. Uh, Barton Safarian, for example, you know, Barton, uh -huh. uh, yep. Barton, uh, Arizona, uh, he uh, ambassador cigars. He learned Spanish by putting it in the car. And now he speaks to me in Spanish every time I talk to him. Oh, that's all. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I did that with uh, when when my wife and I went to Germany, that my wife is German. Um, and when we went to Germany for the first time, I did that for about three months leading up to that trip. It was German tapes and stuff and uh, mm -hmm. in the car. And uh, and um, I, I got around. OK, I got about, you know, about seven sentences into a conversation and uh luckily so english yes very very lucky that most germans actually speak english and they were very gracious that that they could they could switch to 
uh, English. So it was, it was good. Um, but um, so the, the, the elephant in the room that we're talking about class was the article that was released by cigar journal this morning, uh, which was entitled the, the end of the calendar era era. Uh, but not really. Like we talked about your new role with mm-hmm. it, you're still very much tied into the company and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, was there were there any other components of that article that you wanted to to talk about or share? I mean, uh, I think it's it's pretty straightforward. Davidoff had their, their comments, and uh, you can go and check the article. And uh, basically, my father is now retired, and he still grows tobacco for Davidoff, but he's retired from Davidoff. He is still. A hundred percent working, probably sometimes harder than I am going to the farm yesterday. He was at the farm and came back like at five o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) So uh, at 75, he's not retired and he still works for pro cigar and he's still uh, uh, fighting on behalf of the industry uh, at a government level, uh, at an international level. And so, and then it, it talks a little bit about me and uh, it, it clearly states I'm still uh, a consulting for Davidoff. I'm not an employee of Davidoff, uh, so I just consult for them now. I'm uh, independent now. And then there is a, a, a last paragraph there that talks a little bit about Eladio Diaz. Uh, for whoever who wants to read it, they can go and read it, but he's consulting, he's advising as well. Uh, so uh, there's still input from us, and we're still uh, helping Davidoff. Uh, so it's not... You could say as an employee, yes, it's the end of the calendar era, but we're still helping with tobacco and with advising. Yeah, I, I think uh, that, yeah, that, that, I guess that, uh, that title's a little misleading because again, I mean, the, the foundation of, of Davidoff has always been the tobacco and that's very, I mean, that was, that was very clear from the tour of two years ago when you, when y'all were employees of Davidoff. But that was the focus then was talking about the tobacco and you guys were farmers and that you, that's how you characterized yourself. You were like, I'm a farmer. Um, that's my family are farmers and we we've grown tobacco for years. You, you know, we were on, we were at Hikome. We spent a couple of days there and that, that was, uh, that was one of your, your mother's farms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and we're smoking some of those tobaccos tonight in the Dominicana, um, yep. which is, uh, which is, which is wonderful to, to be able to be part of it. So I can, I, 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 I like you, I can't see your father fully retiring from, from tobacco. Um, yeah. He's just no longer tied to Davidoff in, in regards to managing or consulting or anything. Uh, he's a hundred percent separate and he is a, a growing tobacco for them. Uh, but that's where really the title comes in. You know, it's really more announcing formally now that my father is really no longer tied to Davidoff. Uh, but I'm, I'm still here uh, consulting. So it, it's, it's nice to uh, be able to still talk about cigars that I grew up with, uh, cigars yeah. that, you know, uh, that I, I thoroughly enjoy and love. And this is still a company I, I would die for, you know, so very happy yeah. to still be here. So his work with Pro Cigar and you said international efforts and, and uh, industry efforts and everything uh, to prolong what... Uh, um, was that, uh, I know both of you all were, were, were privileged to attend PCA a couple weeks ago. Uh, was that the capacity that your father was there at was, 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 uh, cause I know pro cigar was there. Was that, was that why he was yeah. there as, as an ambassador for pro cigar? Yeah. My father's president of pro cigar. So he was at PCA because of pro cigar. I was there just on my own. <laughs> I wasn't going to miss PCA, but, um, yeah, we, we did get a lot of questions about that, but, um, 
you know, we love the industry. We'll never stop supporting the industry in any capacity that we can. And it was just nice to see you, hang out with everybody, yeah. some cigars. It's been a while. So it was my first trip after all this COVID thing started. And it, it was it was very nice. And I've, I've been listening to all the shows that you guys have been putting on post-PCA, all your commentaries. And uh, they did well. And of course, always things to be better here and there. Uh, but I was very satisfied with the results and mm -hmm. there's always improvement, but I mean, I'm, I'm in the same line as you guys in, in many of your commentaries. And it's really nice to see how everybody just got together one uh, again and we're able to just, you know, be ourselves finally after so much time. I think it was incredibly encouraging to, you know, even though you guys aren't formally employed by Davidoff anymore and Davidoff elected to not go to this year's PCA trade show, it was, you know, it, it really, it really showed your family's dedication to the industry the fact that you were able to be there and, 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 and the, you know, in the ambassador role that you guys were and, you know, your father's work with pro cigar is, is, is going to continue and, 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 it's going to be great for the, for the country of the Dominican Republic um, because, you know, you know, at its core, the Dominican Republic, uh, you know, is one of three, if not the major, you know, cigar producing country in, in, in the world. And, and, you know, it, it's important. It is, it's so tied into the fabric of your country. And so while the industry is, is incredibly important, it, it's, it, it's, not just that one component there's another facet to that it's these other countries and you know your your father's work at pro cigar will will continue that legacy which is just wonderful um is that um this is just for my own personal knowledge class and you may not be aware so i apologize for putting you on the spot is that a is that a termed uh position like is he a, is or is a new president elected every couple of years or or if you don't know, I don't, I, again, I'm no, just, no, I, I know, I know. I just, I just laugh because my dad jokes that he's a dictator. <laughs> he founded <laughs> it and then he's always, uh, so every couple of years they do have elections, but every single year they elect him again. <laughs> uh, vice presidents have changed here and there. Uh, but uh, my father, uh, since the day he founded it, he is still the president, but there are four more elections every, uh, every couple of years and every year he wins. <laughs> unanimously if uh if it ain't broke don't fix it exactly yeah. right. well um as we're kind of uh wrapping up the cigar here class i just wanted to kind of go over a couple of uh, the tasting notes as we're finishing the cigar you know that i think one of the 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 you know unfortunate defining characteristics of a lot of cigars is when they start to get towards the last third and start to finish up um they they we were throwing around the word acrid before they tend to become you know bitter and hot and everything and that's that's something that you typically don't experience um or in my case don't really experience at all with davidoff cigars and this this is proving consistent with that performance i'm not getting anything hot i'm not getting anything acrid uh, it's, it's really, it's really maintaining that, that intensity that we talked about. It's building a little bit too. It's gotten a little bit more intense mm -hmm. as we're wrapping up the cigar. Um, um, the sweetness has kind of changed. We talked about for me, that middle was, we were talking about the, the, the cream we were talking about, I defined it as caramel and you said not quite mm -hmm. dark, not dark chocolate, but definitely not milk chocolate. I'm getting a little bit more, you know, kind of, you know, almost, um, 
kind of like a date fig yep. kind of fruit yep. sweetness as well. That wood, that's kind of that what I defined as oak in that first kind of third is kind of carried through the cigar for a lot. And it's kind of becoming a little bit more pronounced. That wood's kind of coming back and more dominant. But also I'm getting those those baking spices again from the beginning. So this is a really, really, uh, really nice finish to the cigar. What, what kind of tasting notes are you, do you get on the, the last third of this, of this cigar? So I'm very in line with you, but I do have to be honest with you. I did relight another cigar. <laughs> um, we got to I, chatting. I really, we got to chatting. Yeah, we got it's to chatting, good. but I can actually now make a perfect comparison between the end of that cigar and the start of this one, which is quite interesting. Um, very along the lines that we were saying where the sweetness changed and you could almost say it's uh, more a matted uh, sweetness. It's um, it's not as it's not as floral. It's not as uh, acidic. It's not as creamy. I thought I think I thought the sweetness became uh, more dried. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I feel like the the palate uh, became a little bit more drier, and, and the sweetness became more like those dried fruits that you were mentioning uh, more more caramelly, uh, sweet, l- less, um, I don't know, less, less smooth. You could say not, not in less smooth. That's not the, that's not the word, but more dry is a different kind of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I'm, as ri- it's not as rich, right? That, that's yeah. not, that's not that. It's you more know. matted. You know, it's like, it's like a, it's, it's more toned down, I think. Uh, where this one, uh, now that I'm relighting the, this cigar, right from the beginning, the sweetness just like jumped up again. Uh, so it, it, definitely the sweetness gets toned down. And I think the back starts playing a lot more. You know, th- those spices really become the predominant part of that last third. And then that woodiness, that chocolate really hones in at the end. And I think becomes a bigger part of the experience towards the end. So very early on, when we were talking about the cigar, you'd said, you know, this was one of, this was a project you were involved in uh, before, before the formation of Kellner Tobacco. And, uh, you know, so I know you can't comment obviously on future projects because you don't know yet. Um, but like when you say you consult on a blend and you mentioned the tasting panel a little bit ago, mm-hmm. obviously you're part of that component, but what other, what other facets did, did, do you consult on in this blend or in blends in the past? Like what, what does that, what does that even mean? Like what, what do you, what do you like, do you, think, do you go through some I of the think, tobaccos? What, what do you, what do you do? I think a big part of where my knowledge comes in is uh, being able to look at a blend, uh, being able to look at the tobaccos in it, and then being able to try my best to describe it in a way that it's marketable and it's being understood by the consumer. Uh, not only, Hey, this is, uh, this is good because this is this, but there's also special. And what are the things about each cigar that make it special? And what are the things that we should be communicating? Uh, every cigar, there's a lot of, a lot of tobaccos here and there that jump from one line to the other, but then being able to market it. Well, how are you going to talk about that? This cigar is 2014. Uh, what's special about it being 2014? What are you going to communicate about this? Um, what's special about the wrapper? What's special about one of the tobaccos inside? And being able to say it in a way that is understandable. And then, of course, all the, the marketing campaigns and all this uh, other stuff. I, I, I get. Uh, I'm lucky enough to get my eye on them and 
and see if anything sticks out or if anything should be, uh, I suggest something should be changed. Um, but I'm not the only person. There's a ton of people in Davidoff that actually do this and, and look over all of the material. So it is a team effort to see what are the things that we really want to communicate, how we do want it to communicate it and how we want to differentiate it from all the other lines. So they don't can, uh, cannibalize each other mm-hmm. and they are able to stand on their own. Normally, so the thing is, let's be honest, Davidoff makes a lot of great cigars, mm-hmm. but how can, what is it special about this cigar that you should go to this cigar and what, what's the, what's different and what's the moment that is different uh, mm-hmm. that you should be enjoying the cigar. So I, I do play a big role in that. And also social media communication. Uh, I do get sent the cigars beforehand, uh, normally years in advance. <laughs> and I get to try some of those and I get to consult with them. And I get to uh, say yes, no, or maybe you should try something else. Now, again, I'm not the only one. There's a, a lot of people in this tasting panel and their opinions also get heard. So you, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you kind of hinted at that a moment ago about how, you know, you, you don't want to, Davidoff doesn't want to ever put something on the market that can, you know, cannibalizes itself. And that's, that's something that every brand goes through, right? When they're, especially mm-hmm. when they're in a innovative and creation driven, the creationary innovation driven business that this is. And for a pretty for a pretty nice stretch there for the last few years, Davidoff was doing this really big innovation piece. They were they came out with the Discovery series. You know, there was the Nicaraguan, then there was the Yamasa and the Scurio and the, you know, the Dav- you know, the Winston Churchill late hour. Um, and then for the last couple of years, it's been, you know, it's been a lot of really beautiful, like this one. Uh, limited editions. Now this one is a little bit different, like you said, because like instead of a 60,000 um, cigar run, this is more in the 300 plus thousand range. So you, it's going to be a it's little like bit, a line. Yeah. And it's three shapes for two. And for, you said for, we should see allotments for the next couple of years mm-hmm. um, before it finally, uh, before it's finally sunsetted um, is, you know, do you foresee do you foresee Davidoff kind of going in this, you know, again, using this analogy of a wave of things, right? Do you foresee Davidoff going into another wave where there's a, there's this launch of a lot of major innovation where things like, you know, we can't even imagine, right? Like the Yamasa, the Nicaraguan and things that happen again, or do you think this will be the concentration for, for the foreseeable future where they're really kind of just getting really diving into these, these, these beautiful limited editions that we've seen? I think you're going to see a mix. I think you're going to see not, o- uh, not only innovation, but something that is very important to Davidoff is being able to uh, reinvigorate uh, the white label line, reinvigorate uh, the cigars that are already in existence uh, that have loyalty, that have uh, consumers that have enjoyed them for many, many years and continue uh, to Uh, to enjoy these cigars. What is interesting with that kind of cigar is that you have the market already because you have this loyal consumer base, but it's very hard to uh, grow the older lines because the older lines, uh, they, they get overshadowed sometimes with what's new, with what's innovative, uh, because what's new, it's what's hot. It's what's being uh, communicated. So, Every company, and definitely Davidoff, should 
uh, find a, a, a good balance between innovation and reinvigorating uh, mm-hmm. the older lines. That way they don't lose that other, um, the, uh, the older lines. It, you could you, you run the risk of always bringing in what's new, new limited editions, new this, new that, that maybe somebody will jump to the, to the new one. Maybe because mm-hmm. they like the flavor or they, their palate has evolved. And you don't want these iconic lines, these legendary lines that have been around for over 30 years to die out. So right. there has to be a clear balance. And I think Davidoff did, did well by launching something and throwing it in the, in the white label line mm-hmm. uh, because it does bring some life back to the older lines. And it does uh, make us talk and make us remember the Grand Crew, the Aniversario, the Signature. Mm-hmm which are as important as they can be and top sellers in Davidoff. Well, like, like I was saying earlier, I mean, this, what this cigar has done for me is is kind of uh, given me a new, a whole new appreciation for those lines. Um, You know, where I had said before that, you know, we talked about how nuanced the cigar is without that, that knife point, you know, flavor that we were talking about uh, just great consistent flavors all the way through. Uh, and nuanced and balanced and everything. Um, you know, that's, you know, like I said, it's given me a whole new appreciation for other white label, but you guys did that again, two years ago when we did the elemental experiment with the three discovery series lines, you know, the Escurio, the Yamasa and the Nicaraguan, that was, that was kind of a, a that was a great exercise in y- what y'all did because, um, you know, it, those had not been out for that long. The Nicaraguan had been out the longest, but it kind of, it, it kind of, allowed us to go back again with that, with that, 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 that campaign that you guys launched. And I really, I really, I, I go back to that show often Klaus, because I, I, I really enjoyed going through all three. Um, and, uh, and then, the, you know, last year we, we did the two Churchill's and I was really excited to kind of go back to just a single cigar, like the way we started four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we could kind of just dive into this. And I knew that we were going to be able to talk about other, other items and, and, and really this conversation has kind of morphed into a, another beautiful conversation. Like we always have, because we've kind of taken those previous experiences and brought them into this conversation because um, they hold water, they hold water to, to this blend. And I think that's what, what Davidoff was trying to accomplish with this. Like you said, they're, they're wanting to reintroduce something into the white label and, and mission accomplished, right. Got me to yeah. reinvigorate my appreciation for those lines. Um, the um, I guess the the last thing I'll mention before we kind of go into our curveball segment is um, the uh, you know we went through the blend component and one of the thing again something that kind of jumps out in the cigar which you see a lot of other blends from other companies is there's typically at least one if not two if not three if not more use of ligero and ligero is lacking in this blend. It's mm-hmm. Visos and Secos, um, which it kind of can place to that, that kind of nuanced mold and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're, when you're consulting on blends and everything and like Lajero is introduced, it, it has its place. I understand that. But I mean, do you, is there ever a time where you feel like Lajero is overly used? Like it, it doesn't necessarily fit the, the, that, that Davidoff mold or, or do you feel like that even Davidoff can use Lijero like it has in some cases? 
and it and it really it really it really shines. What what are, what are your thoughts on the hero specifically? Well, it depends what you want to accomplish, and it depends on uh, who's the consumer you want to uh, target. Because um, I think Winston Churchill, uh, the Winston Churchill line is a perfect example. The first uh, line, the original collection, the Winston Churchill with the white band, that's a cigar that is virtually all seco, you know, and then they fought, they follow it up with another line. That one has visus and, and it has higher primings. So you, when you're creating a line or you're creating a portfolio, you need to have lines that have lijero, some that have every, a little bit of everything. And then some that have more in the bottom. This is right down the middle. This is visus and seco, but it is still powerful enough. It's still intense enough to hit those higher notes in your palate, to hit that higher intensity. And it, I think that's something that Davidoff is really good at. You don't need to use Ligero to produce a burst of flavor. And that's, that's something that a, a, a lot of blenders should take into account. You can produce flavors by making complex blends. And the complex blends is will produce flavor intensity not strength. So Ligero, I don't think for Davidoff is ever overused, uh, but it has its place. And sure. I, do, I do enjoy Ligero because it, you can definitely bring out one tobacco or two by putting in one of those stronger positions of the leaf, one stronger primings. It's, it, it, again, it depends on who you want to target and what the line is made for sure. because what Davidoff is really good at is creating a portfolio that everybody can have a good cigar in the Davidoff portfolio. It's not just strong cigars. It's not just soft cigars. There's everything for anybody. So the, um, this is my last two questions, including our curveball segment. Uh, um, our good mutual friend, Eddie Guerra, um, sent, uh, sent an interesting package not too long ago to a lot of us. And uh, I took part in a challenge. Uh, I'll show the package here in a second. I did. I took the scorpion challenge, uh, yeah. ate the scorpion, and smoked uh, um, uh, the the newest uh, the newest release from Camacho with it. Not and uh, it was uh, it was an it was an interesting uh, interesting exercise. I uh, I, I like the scorpion, uh, but did uh, did you did you take take part in the scorpion eat the scorpion challenge? Uh, no, sadly, no. They were going to send me one, and then we found out we couldn't ship food <laughs> to oh. another country. <laughs> so I, I, I missed out on that. I really, really wanted to. Uh, I, 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 I saw everybody's videos. I was, <laughs> I, I was following all of it, and I, I'm a foodie, and I'm never afraid to try something new. So I, I'm very sad I, I, I missed out. They, they definitely have to hold one for me. It was a, it was a great exercise. I, you know, something incredibly unique and uh, something I never thought I would actually ever do. So I uh, like you, I'm a foodie too. And I, I was, I was eager to do it and, and try it. And it was, it was a great, it was a great exercise I thought. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and fun at the same time. Um, so that uh, on a fun note, we'll, we'll end uh, tonight's uh, conversation. Um with uh, with our curveball segment, and uh, as always, uh, our curveball segment is uh, brought to you by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, fastballs or curveballs? 
doesn't matter since the company's inception. Steve Sock has been knocking him out of the park six consecutive years in the consensus top three. Yep. I looked it up and I even got fact checked on it too. So, um, so this goes into our last question for the night here, class. So, you know, for as long as you've been in the industry, uh, you've either been an employee of Davidoff. Now you're a consultant for them. Uh, Davidoff is what you, what you know, what you breathe, what you enjoy. Um, but Davidoff is much more than the elemental series that we were talking about tonight, the white label series that we were talking about. There's several other brands like Camacho, for example, Avo, uh, Cusano, uh, Griffins, um, and other, and other brands that, uh, the Davidoff has made for other folks throughout the years and everything. So my curveball question is this, cause I, I rarely ever see it. Are there any other cigars that Davidoff makes that you enjoy? So kind of playing off our one must go, you know, are there any avos or Camachos or anything that you like that you enjoy? Oh, let's talk about avo, uh, first, uh, I do have to say a limited edition because this is uh, very much in line. In 2009, there was a lot of home runs. So in 2009, Avo had the Avo Compañero. And mm. oof, that one, that one, they hit it out of the park with that one. And uh, I had a couple left here and there, uh, but uh, no more. So if I was talking to somebody who had someone's like, please, if you can, uh, I'll trade you two to one, three to one, whatever you want. Because Avo Compañero is it was up there for me, but out of the regular line from Avo, I really, really enjoy the Domain Fifty. Oh my gosh, that's my cigar! I love that. Oh, I love that cigar. I love that blend. It's, it's a tremendous. Good one. Yes, it's a good one. And that, again, but going back to Perfecto shapes, mm-hmm. it's a cigar predominantly made with Visus. I, I love Visus and blends. And when there is a lot of Visus and blends, it's right down the middle. It's it's not overpowering. It's not too soft. So Domain hits it right there in, in, in that spot, kind of like this one. Oh, I love that cigar. Oh yeah. gosh, uh, that that yeah, that Avo is my jam, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, the uh, so from from Camacho. Now Camacho is a little bit newer to the Davidoff fold. It's been around for a few years now. Um, but have you have you uh, have you uh, partaked in yeah. any Camachos that you really enjoy? You know, because they're Camacho a little bit out of the Davidoff wheelhouse, yeah, right? They're they're very very different, uh, different factory, different tobaccos. I mean, different blender, different everything. Um, but the, the um, you remember when Camacho was doing the tours uh, with the with the truck and oh, yeah. the bikes and everything? I got yeah. to go to so many of those events. They were always a blast. But I, I kind of fell in love with the uh, Avo Ecuador, uh, Camacho, Camacho Ecuador, Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Camacho Ecuador. And then um, coming from the, the Dominican Republic, I did get to try a lot of this, um, especially when we were trying the barrels and everything. The American Barrel Age, um, yeah. that one, uh, it's always one I can enjoy, which is interesting because it is a Camacho. We aimed at Camacho flavors, but it's made in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh maybe not going too far from what i already know and mm-hmm. that being able to test the the bourbon barrels and everything that, that was a lot of fun so i do have a little bit of an emotional attachment to that one oh they're two 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 great cigars i love the i love the ecuador that's probably my favorite camacho uh mm-hmm. of the regular lines um and then yeah the american barrel age was uh was with I, I i enjoyed it the uh the 
I when the Nicaraguan barrel age came out, the rum the rum barrels, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one. I thought I liked it more, and I kept going back to the American barrel, and I was like, no, I really like the American barrel more. Something like that happened to me. I I tried to to like the the, the rum barrel one like as much as the bourbon because I it's like I have to try. You know, it's a, even the marketing was like a competition. Which one do you like more? Yeah, exactly. And it was a new one, so I kept trying, kept trying, but I always kept going back to the bourbon barrel. I'm a fan of bourbon. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Maybe it's my psyche, but uh, I I did always go back to the bourbon barrel. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, Klaus, I really cannot thank you enough. Uh, happy Father's Day to you. Your first it's, Father's Day. It's twelve forty here now. No, <laughs> it's. A, I don't want to rub it in. I missed the I missed the last two hours of Father's Day for you, but. It, this will be a tradition and I always uh, I'm willing to jump on. It doesn't matter if it's my birthday or anything. I always have a blast talking to you. Well, thank you, Klaus. It means, it means the world to me and, and, and thank you so much. And, and I appreciate all the time. I appreciate this. The last four years, this has become a wonderful tradition. I love it. It's different from my normal conversations. Uh, and I like it for that reason. Um, you know, we get to dive into uh, what we both love and we, which is tobacco and uh <laughs> We get to enjoy some great cigars and some great conversation. And uh, today we get to celebrate uh, the end of Father's Day for you, your first Father's Day. And uh, mm. I'm uh, I'm truly indebted to you for it always, for your time and uh, and your friendship. It means the world to me. It really does. So thank you. Yeah. Well, for Pleasure. everyone... For everyone out there as well, I appreciate uh, the audience for tuning in, for staying in. We appreciate this uh, this wonderful exercise. Go out and get uh, if when so then uh, if it was it was hard for me to get these uh, as as Klaus mentioned, he had to he had to wrangle some people and uh, to get these out to me, and, and I truly do appreciate those as well. But a new allotment should be shipping in the coming weeks, so definitely go out to your uh, your local white label account and grab some Davidoff Dominicana. The the uh, 2014 band will be on the foot It'll be easy beautiful pigtail band uh, foot uh, excuse me cap we didn't even talk about that great presentation yeah. that as well something also unique to davidoff cigars um and uh it was a great experiment that we had tonight great great conversation great tasting it was a fantastic experience so um thank you for all your tuning in, tunings in we appreciate all those likes comments and shares you can tune into our youtube page as always alosa fumar or an, and uh, don't forget to download, subscribe, and review if you are listening to this on later on podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, be sure you download, subscribe, and review. If you already are a subscriber, please do me a favor, unsubscribe, but please don't forget to resubscribe. That really helps my numbers so that I can keep bringing class back every single year so we can keep doing these experiments. Um, this has uh, been a, another wonderful addition of this great tradition that we have started here four years ago. This is our fourth one. And this was our 177th take. Klaus dismissed, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great one, everyone. Bear Duplissy here at the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Euless, Texas. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.